welcome to Top Talk. I'm your Game Master, Sean Jordan. Grab your pencils and prepare to dive into the world of tabletop gaming. I'm here with Donovan Diggs. He is a Warhammer 40k player and he enjoys Space Wolves. So, Donovan, what got you playing Warhammer 40k? So... I mean, I think the very first time I actually ran into 40K is I had um, just a family friend that I've known all my life. His name is Walter. I considered him my uncle for, you know, most of my childhood. And he actually was in, I want to say the Army, either the Army or the Marines, one of the two. I can't remember. I haven't spoken to him in forever. But um, basically, whenever we would go over to his house, even when, like, he was stationed on bases and whatnot, like, that was what would entertain me and my brothers was his little Tau miniatures and his little IG. And so, like, Warhammer's kind of always been around for me, but I didn't start playing it until about, you know, like, three years ago. And basically, um, all it really took was someone who was like, you know what, we're going to come in here, I'm going to bring a ton of little, just small 500-point armies, you know, literally nothing, and we'll just see kind of what you like. And I just kind of, you know, it just kind of stuck with me. <laughs> that's that's hilarious because I got involved because of the army. Yeah. So there's a lot of armies. I personally run Dark Angels. Um, why Space Wolves? Um, I mean, honestly, they're just aesthetically pleasing to me, to be honest with you. Uh, they're just these giant space Vikings that live on a frozen planet, and the only thing they really do is fight each other and everyone else around them. <laughs> um, I like to be kind of unique when it comes to the games and whatnot I play, and that was one of the like least played factions at the time. And I thought they looked cool. I liked their color scheme. They had giant six-foot-tall wolves. So, I mean, why not, you know? <laughs> That's fair. So, when I started playing about four years ago, four, oh, five years ago, wow, it's been a while, we were running 7th edition for the Dark Angels, and Tal was on, like, 6th edition or 5th edition, and Orcs were on 5th edition, and it was all convoluted. What edition were you started at on Space Wolves? Oh, all righty. So with that, I mean, I technically started on 7th. I played about three games of 7th edition before everyone switched over to 8th. So, I mean, I have, like, just a fair glimpse of 7th. But, I mean, I also just kind of have a fair glimpse of 8th, to be honest. <laughs> I meant your specific codex. I, I mean, oh, well. What? What codex were Space Wolves on? Were they on 4th edition rule set, 5th edition? Oh, back then, I think they were still... No, I was... They were running 7th, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I would say 7th. They were on their 7th edition rulebook. I'm actually surprised with that because, like, Tau didn't have updates for 7th. A lot of more common... Uh, armies were still running seventh edition. Were on seventh edition, but a lot of the lesser known, like orcs, tau, tyranids, and even chaos and daemons, were on older editions. Well, chaos was on seventh, but only base chaos space marines, not thousand mm -hmm. suns or anything. Well, I mean, uh, I wouldn't necessarily classify space wolves as that 
less common because especially with, you know, Vikings coming out years ago and, you know, the giant uprise and, you know, Nordic culture and whatnot, just kind of everyone's been hopping on that bandwagon. And so, I mean, honestly, it doesn't surprise me that they had a seventh edition core rule or well codex besides everyone else. Um, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So ninth edition just came out for the core rule books. Codexes aren't released yet. They haven't given us anything on codexes yet <laughs> what is something you're really excited about with ninth edition oh, besides <laughs> you already know this but lehman ross yep oh man i mean to be honest i haven't really heard much of ninth edition i've been kind of out of the loop recently i didn't know ninth edition was a thing until about like a week and a half ago but i mean other than that other than ninth edition coming out the only new and improved thing i know is that lehman russ officially has a model on forge world which I am just absolutely ecstatic for, and I can't wait to have another $500 to drop on Warhammer for this one small miniature and his two wolf buddies. <laughs> so, Lehman Russ is obviously your favorite warlord that you can now run again. Yep. Um, prior to his release, what warlord were you using in your armies? Um, well, the big boy who was in charge was definitely Mr. Logan Grimnar, uh, Santa Claus and his magical sleigh of tyranny. Um, just because, you know, he was kind of the stand-in Primarch while Lehman Russ was off doing whatever he was doing in the warp, you know, just having the time of his life, you know, enjoying his retirement. But, you know, Logan Grimnar is just kind of like the stereotypical like Norse chieftain. He's just this big, like, I don't want to say elderly because he's not necessarily that old, but just this big hulking Nordic looking dude that has this giant hover sled pulled by, you know, his own wolves, which I believe are Freki and Geary. Uh, that might be Lehman Russ's wolves. I, I'm very kind of, you know, off on the names. <laughs> no, I get, I, I get that, especially once you start getting things that have names other than your warlord. Yeah. Naming your pet wolves that you have models for, unlike, say, Dark Angels who have Azriel and Belial and <laughs> Ezekiel and Samael, and that's it. Yeah, versus, <laughs> you know, I have uh, Lehman Russ's entire war council, which I believe is like nine dudes by themselves, and most of them have at least one pet, you know, uh, Lehman Russ has his two wolves. Um, what's his name? I just said it. Logan Grimnar also has his two wolves. Um, Njarl Stormcaller has his own raven that's named with its own rules. At least in 8th edition, I know it was his own rules, but I'm not sure about ninth. So what was your favorite tactic to use? And how big's your army? How many points is it? Do you have like a full oh 22,000 or are you on apocalypse level running and able to run a 10,000, 15,000 point scale? Now, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think I have 10,000 points. I definitely would say I have over 2,000 by far, but that's also because I'm cheating with that uh, massive Imperial Knight that <laughs> brings a lot of points with him. But I mean, ooh, sorry, I had a burp. Um, but besides that, I mean... A lot of Space Wolves actually are really kind of cheap when it comes to points, but they kind of make up for it because of um, their ice weapons. 
kind of. I mean, because you have, you know, your normal power swords and whatnot, but their power swords are made out of, you know, ice from their home planet and are just, like, slightly different. Um, I'm not going to necessarily say slightly better because, once again, that's, you know, up to personal opinion. But, honestly, I think uh, the tactics I would normally used to play was kind of just, you know... The Nordic bum rush. I just show up with a ton, tons of dudes with axes and swords and a ton of wolves and just kind of run right up into your face. Um, one of the special characters I would run is called uh, Lucas the Trickster, if I remember right. And basically his whole thing kind of lets me seize advantage on my charges and just kind of makes it where every... Damage is dealt to kind of everyone, not necessarily just the enemy team, because, you know, he's a trickster and everything goes crazy in that combat. Um, depending on the ninth edition core, or not core rulebook, but um, Codex when it comes out for Space Wolves, I'm probably going to change it up, you know, mainly because Logan, or not Logan Grimnar, um, names, man, long morning, but, um, oh, man. Lehman Russ, mainly because Lehman Russ is coming back, and I cannot wait. That is going to throw so many ranches, like wrenches into my normal tactics and to kind of how I run it. No more just, you know, Santa Claus leading a battalion of fully grown, nine-foot-tall, buff, steroided-out men. <laughs> so what are you going to do if they bring Deathwing Strike back? And some by fields Belial and squads of Deathwing Terminators, all in power armor. All of them in power armor with a two plus save. I mean, it doesn't matter when you have a Hellfrost cannon that can freeze you on any six I roll, man. Yeah, but that's one six. Whereas I can have a two plus save power armor and throw heavy flamers on everything. That oh, are no, no, instant no. hit now. Unfortunately, my friend, unless they have changed the rules, my Hellfrost cannon is not 1-6, but it is in fact 6-D-6. That instant kills on a 6 because it freezes you into a frozen statue and I believe is a... I want to say 4-up save last time I checked. Maybe a 3. But, I mean, even then, even if you seize your initiative with your little Deathwing strike, Mr. I'm just going to play my army from this other board. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's not my fault that my rules allowed me to just field one guy, and then all of a sudden I have 3,000 points behind enemy lines exactly where <laughs> I put them, just laying down heavy fire with flamers. Well, I mean, <laughs> fire versus ice, man. We'll see who really takes the day. There's a reason why they got rid of that rule. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Almost oh, as yeah. bad as the Tau. Oh, yeah. Snapshot? Jeez. No, no snapshot with marker lights. Yeah. That, that was so bad. And a 72-inch range? Come on. Yeah. Those... You're clearing the whole board on turn one, and it's like, well, that was game. Want to go again? Yeah, it, out of anywhere, really. Like, it doesn't matter if you deep strike in your guys. It doesn't matter if you charge. Like, that snapshot with marker lights was just not... Not a fair combo. I'm kind of glad that they got rid of it. Oh, I'm I'm so glad they nerfed Tau in Eighth Edition. <laughs> and from what I've heard, they're they're furthering they're further nerfing the Tau in Ninth. So I'm really excited to see just how scaled back the Tau are with these new armies. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm really excited just to kind of see where they are going from here because i mean they a lot of factions even just in the space marines that weren't played before i'm seeing a lot of people play now like salamanders with you know but i mean that flamer change to the rule is just 
ridiculous. I mean, an automatic hit on Flamers is you automatic hit, but doesn't mean automatic wound. I mean, I know it doesn't, but I mean, still, that's one less roll that you have to worry about. Oh. I mean, statistically, that's going to put you in a lot better spot when you have an automatic hint hit against a squad of 15 versus, you know, a roll to hit and a roll for damage. Yeah, and then, of course, you've got the fact that it ignores cover, it ignores jank, so you, you're you just laying waste to everything with yeah. Flamers now. everything is just in the torch. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you've mentioned that a lot of the smaller armies are coming back, like the Sisters and Salamanders. More people are playing Nids. More people are playing Daemons. Um, How do you feel about the fact Daemons of Zinch can no longer spawn infinite numbers of pink horrors because they now count towards your final army count? Well... If I would have listened to that other voice in my head about three, four years ago, I would have been highly upset because that was originally the list I was going to play was the, you know, infinite spawning pink horrors just because it was, you know, so janky, so fun. (laughs) Uh, I I, I hated going up against people who were playing daemons because they've got those psychic turns and then all of a sudden I'm trying to battle that with my one, maybe two chaplains that I can field if I'm doing death wings and they're just like there's another 30 pink horrors here and another 30 here and another 30 here do you know how i i am so ecstatic <laughs> with eighth edition that they went you know what if you want to spawn 60 pink horrors you can but those 60 pink horrors point counts go towards your final army count but at least you didn't have to deal with magnus while your primarch is off in the warp wherever he's at i mean no i have to deal <laughs> i have to deal with magnus with the only thing that's hitting him either grenades if i'm lucky or <laughs> knights that's why you need hellfrost cannons man i can freeze magnus on a 6 yeah but can you hit magnus is the question i mean with the dispersed Hellfrost cannon? He's flying. He's flying. So you, I mean, you're so hitting on a six. Because that, um, that is my one aerial unit uh, that has that massive. Yeah. Gotcha. See, my aerial units, the Stormfighter jets, the Niflheim jets, they can't carry massive weaponry to take down another flyer. Oh, yeah. I, have... I mean, if you want to take down ground units with those guys all day long. Yeah, yeah. Unless, of course, it's Tal with marker lights on you, and then you have issues. <laughs> Bye-bye to Hellfire. <laughs> yeah, but if, if well, that and uh, Heldrakes. Mm. Man, Heldrakes are horrible. But Magnus, with what I've got, ain't going down. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Magnus is kind of a tricky thing, especially since, you know, Lehman Russ had to run away like a, the little punk that he is. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, it... If I'm lucky enough, then the Hellfrost cannon on my flyer can get him. And then if not, I just kind of have to hope the Imperial Knight could just live. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's everybody. If I can take Magnus down in one turn, I'm good. But if not, I, I, I just hope I can live there. It's just a lot easier, you know, when I can when I can kill on a six. <laughs> so how do you feel about somebody running a Thousand Suns army with Magnus? Oh, boy. I mean, to be fair, I only had to go up against it twice. But, I mean, both times were honestly a real struggle. I mean, the first game I was able to take out Magnus really quick um, with my Hellfrost cannons. Because although um, 
met with Magnus and I think with other like big special characters like that, I, he actually needs to be dealt, I believe, three mortal wounds with my Hellfrost cannon before he freezes. And luckily I got all, I rolled all three of them, I believe, on turn two, turn three. And it just was a whole game changer. I mean, it's a lot harder to, you know, do your Psyker stuff when your Psyker Warlord is a giant 40-foot frozen statue. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's harder to do Psyker stuff when you don't have Psykers and they're just like, hey, let me wipe out this entire squad and these three vehicles yeah. during my Psyker turn. Oh, you're almost half dead and it's still only my first turn? <laughs> hey, guess what? Here's more. But it's very threatening to see that, you know, 1,500 points of large bearded men and large, even beard, more bearded wolves, and then be like, hey, uh, Dad, can you handle this? And then seeing your dad is just a giant frozen statue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that. So my brother runs Thousand Sons with Magnus. Mm -hmm. That is my worst fear, is him actually, we actually playing a point game where he can field Magnus plus his army. If he oh. fields just Magnus, I'm okay. But if he fields Magnus and his army, my Deathwings are annihilated, regardless of the, if I put him in power armor. Yeah, you really can't stop much against that magnificent or that magnificent Magnus Psyker. <laughs> you call him magnificent. I call him a pain in the... Yeah, let's not go I there mean, because I'm too... <laughs> I have to treat him with a little bit of respect. He did break my Primarch's back. Like Bane in Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, given the size of him compared to the size of your Primarch, I mean, it's only fair that... He, he's got a free 30 feet, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean he's massive. He's one of the biggest models in the game. Yeah. There's a reason why he's, I mean, OP. I don't want to call him all P OP because he's not overpowered, but... Man, he's a he beast. He is powerful, though. Yeah. He's not overpowered, but he is certainly very powerful. The, the only reason I might ever pick up a Chaos Space Marine army is so I can sit there and be like, <laughs> Magnus. Yeah, uh, honestly, I was like, if I ever have to pick up a Chaos army, I want to do Thousand Suns. That way, it just even if I don't play another 40K game for the rest of my life, at least I have the aesthetically pleasing of having both sides of this just never-ending conflict between space wolves and thousand suns definitely um i i'm ooh. so we've got a lot <laughs> of dark angels players at game haven here in saint george and so it's hard to get dark angel models yeah i'm really tempted to get a chaos army field magnus and cypher Ooh. because they can't target Magnus until Cypher's <laughs> dealt with at that point and then because of special rules <laughs> and just have him hiding behind a <laughs> massive enemy line and Magnus just storming through everything. <laughs> just walking in front of everybody else. <laughs> because no, the Dark Angel special rules mean if Cypher's on the field, they won't target anything until Cypher is destroyed. But it's hard to destroy Cypher when he's in the back corner of the map and you got a giant Magnus in front of you. Exactly. <laughs> can, can you see how broken this could be against most of the players yeah. at Game Haven? I mean, it can be. Um, you might have to run into a small problem of people with faster armies. Because, I mean, although I'm running Space Marines and, you know, Space Wolves, of course, you know, my Wolves and Logan Grimnar's sled are just ridiculously fast. 
And so although although that is a good strategy, I mean, once again, it's just going to come down to the dice and, you know, who's having more luck. But if I can get that, you know, that small squadron of really fast wolves and, you know, Santa Claus and his magical sleigh across the field before Magnus can touch him, I might have a chance. Yeah, but if we're playing a five-foot-long table, a six-foot-long table, mm -hmm. and we're doing it the lengthwise and... You've got that one third. I got this one third to start. Third of no man's land. You still have to take two turns minimum to get even into my zone. That's true. And at that point, Magnus, who's flying, has a 48-inch movement. Yeah. yeah. I can move two feet <laughs> in the center and be like, hey, boys. Oh, you came into my range? <laughs> I know, right? Just um, psychic powers for all Not eternity. even psychic powers, because I could do that from the back. Mm. But I... But the issue is Space Wolves don't have to worry about that rule. It's a specific Dark Angel only one. Yeah. That's because we are the all-powerful company of the 13. And we will, you know, kill Magnus eventually. <laughs> Says the 13th company. Anyways, <laughs> Donovan, I want to thank you for being here. It's been fun. I, I definitely want to invite you back in, especially once these codexes start coming out and we can talk more in depth about ninth edition and what 40k is doing oh most definitely man i would be more than happy to come back and we'll definitely need to get a game sometime especially with you know all these changes to the codex i just can't wait for mine to drop that's the biggest issue right now is games workshop has not released anything on when the new codexes are coming out or even if new codexes are coming out and we just had a rules change for ninth edition that simplified eighth even further that would be a real bummer if we got you know once again we kind of got that new that new core rulebook edition yet we still had to wait years for codexes because that was kind of the problem with seventh going into eighth as i remember i built my army right about two weeks three weeks after the eighth edition core rulebook came out and i had i was just kind of stuck in that no man's land of do i buy this old codex do i wait for the new codex but yeah but with at least eighth edition going going from seventh to eighth when the eighth edition rule book came out they gave basic codexes for everyone saying hey this is a yeah. basic setup for your army this is basic bare minimum rules for it yeah more rules will come ninth edition doesn't even have those yet yeah. So it, we're in a lot more limbo. But again, thank you for coming. I hope you have a great day. And tune in next time for more Warhammer 40K. That's it for this episode of Top Talk. Join us next time as we continue to explore the world of tabletop gaming and all that it has to offer. This is your Game Master, signing off. <laughs>